Welcome to the Rumple and the Frog Show for Stitchers. I'm Rumple. And I'm the Frog, providing you with an enchanting escape of stitches and stories. We're so glad you've joined us for fairy tales, fiber tales, and conversation about our most favorite thing. Yarn! Oh yes, yarn, yarn, yarn. All the good stuff. Speaking of... I need to show you close-ups of the yarn haul that oh I posted. Gosh. So I'll gonna, show you that in a minute. Yeah. Teaser, teaser. Ultra teaser, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Woo. Starting off hot. I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, in today's episode, we'll be sharing our new format for the season. So exciting. Season three launched today. Crazy. Uh, woohoo. Crazy. So our theme for this season is all things witchcraft. We're Ooh. not totally sure what that means, but we'll be learning as we go. <laughs> and of course, we'll talk about some fibery goodness too. So yes. uh, Rumple, tell us what to expect in our kind of adjusted format for the season. Yes. So we have decided to try something a little different. We're going to simplify things. Oh yes. And we're going to maintain common threads. If you recall from past seasons, or if you're a new listener, common threads is where frog and I talk about the amazing things we've been making and the amazing flops we've also had (laughs) all the things and in between. Um, So we'll have common threads. We're going to play a little word game that may or may not be in each episode. And then we're going to have our season topic. Yep. So instead of each episode being on a totally different thing, we decided for this whole season to have its own topic and we're going to see how it goes. And as Amy kind of already mentioned, our topic is witchcraft and that's going to include witchy history lore legends and beyond so Mm -hmm. pretty broad (laughs) yes i'm especially excited about the beyond so whatever might first come to your mind is that's just scratching the surface but we really are hoping to take a interesting kind of really well-researched academic look at some specific things as they pique our interest. So who knows where the witchy road will take us, but I'm super, super psyched. And keep in mind, even though we're trying our best to provide you with accurate information, (laughs) I don't know anything. (laughs) I can't talk for you. That's right. But I don't know anything. No, this is just a fascinating subject to us. And we really wanted to do a deep dive and we wanted to share what we were learning and interested in with you. And hopefully you'll find this an interesting adventure with us. I think so. How could they not? How could they not? (laughs) I love it. Okay. So, um, so we are going to start with common threads, right? Because we want to share our works in progress, maybe celebrate some FOs, see what's going on. So I'm super excited. I'm so glad we're always going to still do this. Always. Um, and I will never leave. This will never (laughs) leave because there's just so much making happening. And this was how it all started was us wanting to talk. Um, I can remember stitching on with the phone on speakerphone and you know what I mean? (laughs) On the armchair and our early chats where we were like, we should have a podcast. People would yes. want to hear this. I <laughs> hope, think, wonder. Anyway, so tell me what you've been making. I've been seeing some pictures, but I want to hear from you how it's gone. All right. So the first thing I'm going to share, I'm just grabbing it over here. I have been making strides on my uniform sweater. Oh yeah. Um, and that's a pattern by Carrie Bostic Hodge. Let me see if I can hold up here. It's all tangled. Hang on. Um, I don't know what you can really see, but it has both sleeves. Yes. Beautiful. I don't know if you can see that. I can hot mess and I've joined the sleeves and now I'm shaping the yoke. So this Mm -hmm. is a bottom up sweater Mm -hmm. and I am doing my yoke decreases and because in the magical world of podcasting, we're recording this well before you're going to hear it. (laughs) Um, I'm really hoping fingers crossed. I can somehow get this done before drum roll. Uh, Ryan back. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. You can do it. You can um, do it. You can do it. I, I actually, I am not sure that I can, <laughs> I think I can finish the knitting. Yeah. I don't Finishing, know that maybe. I can have it totally blocked and dry. Yeah. Because this is not 
like I'm going to be wet blocking this and then air drying. Um, mm-hmm. and it's a hundred percent wool and I have less than a week. <laughs> it's true. And it's a big week. Uh, to get you getting ready for a lot. That's so exciting oh. though. If I can, I will. And if not, oh, well, yeah. And this is, it has that shaping that you're doing and that construction that you mentioned, but otherwise, is it pretty much a stockinette fest? Like this is sort of your TV knitting. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I'm doing a ribbed. There should totally be a convention called stockinette fest. I just decided that by the way. Well, we better be a little boring and keep it to ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) One session. (laughs) Knit, Knit this side. For all the other one, <laughs> there could be a lot of good stuff going on there. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's, all right. There's we'll put that potential. in our back pocket. Okay. Um, but yes, this is a pretty basic pattern. Um, so it's not, I would not call this a challenging pattern, Yeah. but, um, yeah, it's taken its time and I've yeah. got a load of other projects I'm working on. And just as a reminder, this sweater is knit with Quince and Co's owl tweet. Mm-hmm. And I chose Gorgeous. the color. Yeah. I love it. Um, it's nice and fuzzy. Um, and it's like this really deep, dark red that they call Buffalo plaid. Yeah. Um, it's like a really earthy black. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. Um, so yeah, so that's one of my current whips and, uh, fingers crossed. I'll report next time. What happened? Excellent. What about you? What do you have? I'm also in yoke territory. Um, I'm doing a top down. It's called a Panglossian, Panglossian sweater. There's a link in our notes if you want to click. I hope that I'm saying that right. I do want to click and look. (laughs) Yes, it is by Morgan Waltersdorf, who also her design name is sometimes uh, More Thunder or More Thunder. It is a DK weight two color color work sweater at least in her intended design and that you see in the samples and what I really like about it is it kind of uses a background color and then a sort of more fun variegated yarn so you can kind of see what's happening as you work your way down through the chart which repeats all the way through not just the yoke but also in the body of the sweater too very cool Uh, yeah it's a cool design so I am doing mine in Malabrigo Arroyo love it um in our last episode of last season i was talking about worrying about this yarn bleeding um i actually washed and rinsed the colored one because my two colors are this totally amazing jewel toned craziness Ooh, dyed with like you know really deep colors of purples and teals and magentas and things. Yeah. And then my other color is natural. So right. I was, yeah. I was nervous about it possibly bleeding. So I did wash and rinse the yarn and guess what? What? Nothing, not a single, yeah. like it was set beautifully. So I don't know Good. if that will always be true. I know some people sometimes have the occasional horror story. I think reds, dye. reds and purples are the ones to really look out for. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, it's true. Anything could bleed. And if you're working with something completely undyed and you're concerned, you're smart to just yeah, pre-wash just them it. first or just do a do citric it. acid soak or something like that. And then, yeah. uh, so I am glad I took the extra time just in case. Cause I don't often make something with a lot of whites and creams as a major color area I might as a in color work like mm-hmm. in fair Isle style color work but to have a whole swatch of white like this I was really nervous watch me <laughs> truth be told I'm sipping red wine right now watch me <laughs> dump it right on there that's more likely to happen I guess <laughs> but I was very oh. proud of myself because you'll see in the neck let me hold it up yeah you see this little peak that I put in back here just uh, up here okay uh, yeah I just added about an inch of short row shaping to bring the neck up because I was like, won't that make it better? And I was so proud of myself for having control over my shaping and my design. So that felt great to put a couple short rows in there. Excellent. Yes. I'm getting more and more confident with those. Hold that up one more time for me. Where are you? So you're, you're not quite at the sleeve split yet. Yes. I'm about an inch away from separating the torso and sleeves. And then I think I'm going to fly. Yay. I'm excited. It looks great. I can't wait. Yeah. So this is fun. And I haven't made a DK weight in a while. So it feels, I don't know. It's we're having our nice sort of beginning crisp weather. (laughs) So it feels so awesome. It feels so great to work on a hundred percent wool sort of color work 
sweater, but have it not be heavy, heavy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's kind of fun. And it might be my last lighter weight thing. Ooh. Yeah. I have all those, boy, did I do some amazing pandemic times hoarding of the bulky weights. <laughs> it was like definitely some kind of coping strategy to like yeah. surround yeah. myself with boxes <laughs> arriving of extra large yarns. So I have a feeling there's a lot of bulky mm-hmm. stuff coming this, this winter. Excellent. So, um, but this one first. Yeah. Excellent. Awesome. Oh, I can't wait. Good cool. stuff. Good stuff. All right. I want to hear about this amazing little bear. It is so cute. <laughs> All right. So I finished and sent this away. This is Hans Grizzly Bear. So cute. And uh, by Janina Schenkel. Mm-hmm. And it's from her book. This is a crochet, I mean, Gurumi doll, by the way. And this oh, is God, from her so book, Anim- Animal Friends of Pika Pau. Oh, and so I did not follow her pattern precisely. I followed the instructions for crocheting the bear doll totally, but mm-hmm. um, I did it in, I didn't make the bear wearing clothes in uh, the way she has it in her original pattern. Yep. And I'm not going to say too much in the off chance that someone listens to this because this is a gift, but it should be given soon. Um, so I'll, I'll be kind of vague about the details for now, Yeah, but it's a gift. Um, and I just made a little cutesy cowl for it instead of, um, the outfit that was in the book. And I think, well, no, I don't think, I know I've talked about, uh, this designer before, uh, and I really love her patterns. I love her designs. I have two of her books, both the animal friends of Pika Pau, there's that one. And then there's a second one. Um, and her patterns are like, if you're someone looking to expand your Amigurumi journey, if you're already in it, I would highly recommend checking her out. Um, we'll have links to all these things that we talk about in the show notes, but, um, her designs are really not hard to make, but they Mm -hmm. look really great. They're super cute. So cute. And there's tons of ways to customize any of these things for if you're gifting them. Um, So anyway, I love it. And I, you know, I forget the yarn I used for this off the top of my head. So I'll, I'll make sure to include that in the show notes, but it was something I wouldn't normally use. It was a cotton with a little bit of acrylic. And I have to say... I really enjoyed using it, which is hard pulling for me a face. to admit. <laughs> I know. Tell me um, why you're pulling that face. I mean, I know why you're pulling that face. Tell so, our listeners why you're pulling a face about that. Because I really try to avoid using synthetics. Um, mm-hmm. It's just a personal preference. Mm-hmm. And I don't shun or condemn anyone who chooses to use those for whatever the reason may be. Um, personally, I try to avoid using them. However, I was on a time crunch. Yep. I was not able to order yarn and this particular yarn felt right. Looked what I needed. It was the colors I needed. Mm-hmm. And it looked at what and you created. It, it worked up great. Yes. And I have to say crocheting with it, it was really lofty for a cotton yarn. And I think in part because it had a little bit of the acrylic in it. Mm. Um, but it was not hard on my hands at all, which hmm. was a welcome surprise because <laughs> I usually need a lot of breaks when I do amigurumi crochet with uh, cotton because it is typically harder on my hands personally. So yeah, it was it was a success, and I'm really happy with the finished little bear. Yes. Yes. So cute. His little accessory is awesome. I love that your <laughs> dolls and toys and all the creatures that you make, they all have a little, um, sort of anthropomorphic desire to wear some element of clothing, which I, <laughs> I can't help <laughs> it, which I love. I love. <laughs> so I love that you still throw some kind of garment work in there. It's so cute. Yes. Anyway, so check that out on our show notes. More. <laughs> yes. Maybe that, uh, maybe once this has been true, fully gifted, uh, he can appear on our Instagram page. Yes. Yeah. As well. Soon. Yeah. Uh, soon. <laughs> so cool. 
Awesome. So I think, well, I think you've got some more sharing, eh? I do. I just have a quickie crochet. So I am working actually with an online crochet tutor. Oh, who is yes. wonderful. Her name is Heather. She's really helping me get going. Excellent. Um, you know, all these years, I know a million times on this podcast, I've said, oh, crochet, I've got to do this. I have to do that. And I just, I know I need the self-discipline of a class yeah. to get myself to pursue swatching or a small project or whatever to the point to do the practice to get proficient. Yeah. So finally I was like, I got to do that. So, yeah. um, so I have this great tutor. We are meeting over zoom. She's learning to teach better by way of zoom and I'm learning to crochet better by way win, of win. zoom with her. So it's working out really well. And it feels a little bit like, I don't know the teacher in me. It feels a little bit like teacher PD for all. Like sometimes I'm like, wait, you can do this on the zoom. Let me show you how, you know? Awesome. Um, oh, and here's a teaching, um, handwork or handcrafts or fabric or whatever construction on zoom tip. If anybody wants it, um, she told me to ask me if I had access to a scanner. This is a tip from her. So actually when I, I go yeah. into work tomorrow, I'm actually going to scan this fabric Ooh. um because the image it will produce scanning is that she can really look at it well uh, while mm-hmm. we talk through it on zoom she's gonna have a really better much better image than me even taking a picture of it even so um it's something about the scan and that is black and white it really shows um something oh, so I, I that's a kind of a fun fun mm-hmm. teaching handwork through the magic of the computer tip I thought I would share mm-hmm. but anyway let me hold this up I gotta move your cute bear over hi buddy <laughs> he's blocking my window so I'm doing this little simple crochet sampler towel. Nice. Fun colors. And yes, it's fun. I did that. I was like, I got to do something. It's a towel. Yeah. I got to get invested <laughs> somehow. <laughs> so anyway, let me try to hold up. So I just have my single. Yes. And my half double. Yes. And, and my double. double. So are you going to keep going in different colors with different uh, stitches? So I actually, I think for this first project, I think this is it. And then in my next lesson, I'm going to pick up edging ah, okay. and learn how to turn the corners. So this little hand towel, that'll be all there is for this. Yeah. Perfect. Um, but I am so surprised. I don't know why, <laughs> at how much I am enjoying. Once I started doing doubles, mm-hmm. I'm like super into it. I don't know it goes why. Fast. I don't know if it's like the many actions. Yeah. I just love the, like the wrap and then the insert and the wrap and then through two. And then let's do that one more time. Move it on to the next. Like, I don't know. There's something about the rhythm of it. I just, I guess if you're a knitter, you already like the rhythmic motion. Um, but I am really was like, wow, this is super fun. And it, man, does it build fabric fast? Yes, it does. Especially when you increase the height of those stitches. Yeah. So I'm enjoying that and having a sampler towel like this is allowing me to really look at it. Like I, when I was doing the singles, I was having trouble counting my rows. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then when I started doing the half double and I have something to compare against, I was like, oh, now I can see it. So I'm nice. really able to study it. And I'm, it just, you know, you knew me. I, this is what I needed. I just needed someone to say like, it's class. You're paying for it. Homework uh, is due got next time. To do this. And that yeah. has really helped me with the, I'm just a student type. So I just needed the structure and I love it. Yep. Oh, good. And I'm using, um, tacky cotton classic, which, um, is just sort of a, I don't know how they make this stuff. And I don't know if you can see this. Uh, I can't distinguish you can't. details. <laughs> you can't distinguish details. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's like, I don't know how this is like machine plied or what it is, but it has a gajillion plies and they're all magically stuck to each other. You cannot split this. You cannot. What is this yarn? Um, Taki cotton classic. And it's hundred percent cotton. Mm-hmm. Mercerized cotton. It has a okay. really nice feel to it. Um, even just a little bit while you're working with it, it gets less crispy, you know, mm-hmm. and it is like bomb proof. And I think that I, there's, <laughs> you know, and I, it's like, you trust the teacher, you know, there's like a reason why they want you starting yes. with this. So even though it doesn't have the elasticity or the bounce and my stitches aren't as regular as they would be in wool, I'm definitely learning to tension better. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely, when I rip it back, it, there's like no damage at all to this. Yeah. I can, yep. I could literally probably rake this thing over a butter knife a hundred times but nothing would happen. So, um, but it still feels good to work with. Good. Yeah. Well, that's what you want. That's yeah. excellent. And, and uh, a fun fact, because yes. I'm knitting with two hands when I do my color work in knitting mm-hmm. and my tensioning was making me insane with crochet. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, why is that? And I finally, I had some kind of breakthrough with my tensioning the yarn in the left hand and how I was inserting the hook It all yeah. in my brain. It just had to be like, instead of wrapping the yarn, it became about inserting the hook. Okay. So instead of like an action in the left hand to wrap it over yeah. the crochet hook, it became more about the right hand inserting the crochet hook uh-huh. under like a knitter and it changed everything. Interesting. Okay. Um, and also fun fact result of that, the tensioning that I've always done with my left hand for my knitting, I just switched it to the crochet tensioning and now it's better. Nice. So mine the same over matter. Yes. <laughs> Totes. That's yes. pretty crazy. Yeah. Interest. That's really interesting to me. Huh? Yeah. So it's just the idea, instead of yeah. thinking of bringing that yarn across with the left hand and having the tension be all right, it was just keep that tension. And then like, zoop, get the hook under there. Like you do when you insert a needle, when you're knitting nice. it, all the all difference right. in the world. So fun tip for other knitters out there who are learning crochet or maybe need to adjust their tension. Yeah. It's just the way you think about it. <laughs> yeah. That simple, right? For everyone yeah. else. <laughs> yeah. So I definitely, that was a breakthrough for me. So I'm proud That's of myself. Really cool. I'm doing it. Yeah. That's great. And I, I, I think you have some little treats to show me that I just, I know I have to steal you, some airtime for this. You don't have to steal any airtime for it. it. Spin cycle. Is that what I'm yes. seeing? I just wanted to show it to you. It's so great. Those colors. So on my screen, it looks like a green and a reddish orangey one. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Yes. I have a red orange like a rusty red orange that includes some green. This is a beautiful two ply color changing marled situation Mm. from spin cycle. And the other one is like a a kind of a Kelly Mm -hmm. green with some yellows and Browns, um, had to have them had the same feeling you did about your plastics. It is super wash, (laughs) but I was like, "Eh, I'm in Washington state. I'm never coming back here. Um, so I happened to be on a work trip. I Seattle was great. Yeah. Totally recommend yeah. somebody checking out Seattle. I know for a fact, I can't imagine going back again. You know, I just, I, it was lovely, but if I had the chance to take a trip, I wouldn't go back to the same place, you know? Yeah. And it yeah. just was lucky from work. And I was like, Oh, I'm in Washington state. I have to get something local. So, um, so I found these and they are so cool. Well, you have to tell us what shop you visited. Oh my gosh. Oh Hello? no. Oh no. Yes. Oh no. What was the name of the shop? <laughs> Is it on the price tag or anything? Is there a sticker on there? I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Oh my God, that's terrible. You're not terrible. It'll be okay. I am terrible. (laughs) How far is the phone? While we're chatting, I'll pull up my Instagram. (laughs) Because I think I posted a yarn haul on Instagram. Oh, wait, hang on. I can look for you. Oh my gosh, I'm the worst. I totally should have known that. Uh, Did you post it on your personal account or Rumble in the Frog? On personal, I believe. Bear with us, friends. Bear with us. <laughs> do, 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 do. Terrible. I All should right, know that. Let's what see. was the name of the shop? All right. Hang I'm on. Worst. I, hang I'm on. Worst. Seattle local yarn shop at so much yarn. Yes. So much yarn. So, so much shout yarn. out to at so much yarn mm-hmm. for helping yes. out my friend. Really fun shop. And they also had great gifty things. Might've picked up a few things for you. Super cute. Those pins are fun. Yes. I have a pin for you. So I'm going <laughs> to pin you by zoom. Ooh. This is for you. I've been meaning to give it to you. Um, there's something else, but you can't see it till the holidays, but fine. I've got some fun <laughs> things there, but let's see if you can see this ready. Here it comes. Except if they do, the night gets interesting. <laughs> so the, so, okay. Sorry. The pin says. <laughs> friends don't let friends crochet drunk <laughs> that's right she so says that, swigging her red wine while she's made showing sense it to you on after Zoom. i after what yes. i said anyway so don't let me forget next time i see you for a walk i gotta get that to you all right excellent that's for you i love it Woo, so fun oh man okay. so many good things i know all right you ready to play a game uh-huh you're it's starting game time. this game by the way oh okay <laughs> All right. So I decided to challenge us to a game of word association because I thought it would be interesting to see what happens live, coming to you live from the Rumble and the Frog show. Um, so we're, we're going to warm up with some fiber words and then we're going to jump into some topic words and it just would be funny to see what happens here. And then we'll jump into our content. How does that sound? 
Yeah, this this might be great and it might be terrifying for our listeners. I know it could be horrible. So I'm going to say a word. Uh-huh. And you're just going to say all the words that you can think of until I cut you off and say, okay, you're done. Okay. <laughs> I hope you don't let me linger on forever. I won't let you linger on. All right. You ready for a fiber word warm up? I'm my, I'm kind of nervous. Yeah. All Are right. you nervous? Like it's the yeah. price is right or something. Yeah. There are no prizes. Scary. There are no stakes. The, the prize we've already don't completely really humiliated ourselves. Up. So <laughs> I can't, what else can hold on? Let me take a sip of wine. It's going to help. I should have had wine. I didn't think ahead that well. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Delicious, delicious Pinot Noir to help us. All right. Are you ready? <laughs> okay. Okay. You ready? Your word uh-huh. is alpaca. Spitting. <laughs> Super soft. So cute. I Long just ears. <laughs> Fluffy. Yep. Wish I could ride one. Oh my God. Uh, Keep them coming. Keep them coming. Peru. Mm-hmm. Colorful. And one more to end on. Camelid. Very. Oh, good job. Yeah. I win. I win. I win. You win. You win. You win a grand prize of nothing. <laughs> Good job. You did great. Uh, oh, thanks. <laughs> that right. was good. I don't think I'm going to be as good. Now I'm nervous. Well, I you told you I was nervous, so don't worry. It's okay. I know how you feel. Okay. Okay. Right. Ready. Do you, are you ready? I think so. Okay. <laughs> I snorted into the phone when you said spitting into the phone, into the mic. Well, uh, good thing I'm not right in front of you. Okay. So you couldn't spit on me I in know. person. Okay, okay. Ready? Yes, I'm ready. Flax. Oh my gosh. Crispy. Mm. Um, like super laborious process of making linen that smells bad and involves no. lots of days in the sunlight and fermenting <laughs> things and washing. Um oh. like really cool vocab words I cannot think of right now. <laughs> there are like amazing, like the most delicious, cool vocab words that I would really be handy right now since uh. this is word association. <laughs> and then I also think of, you know, the one that pricked her finger. Mm-hmm. That one, <laughs> Sleeping Beauty, and and did um, I say linen already? I don't know that you did. And, it, and then I, I want to say giggly. like Egypt. I want to say Egypt Ooh. too. Okay, oh. that's all I got. Excellent. <laughs> oh, I like it. All right, that was good. Were you expecting something in particular? No, I no. had no idea what would happen. No I idea. kind of figured you'd probably bring up Sleeping Beauty, but other than that, you know, I was like, I don't know. Yeah, everything else was completely unexpected, especially There's the smelly whole, bits. That whole process with the smelly bit, <laughs> or it just sits and ferments forever, and then it gets wash it again. It gets delicious. Uh, <laughs> gross. Oh my god! Oh my like god. to do that downstream, down downwind from town. <sighs> oh <laughs> my least, goodness! At least it wasn't. Uh, never mind. I'm gonna <laughs> keep my thought to myself. Anyway, go. Okay, continuing on. All right, are we ready to go to our topic words? Are we warmed uh-huh. up? Okay. Yeah. I have, I have two topic words, but I have to pick one. Um, 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 okay. Ready? Salem. Okay. Oh, of course you did. <laughs> Was that your word? Oh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> Witches. <laughs> yes. Uh, horrible. Yep. Uh, fiery. Mm. Drowny. Oh, terrible jail oh this is very sad uh hopefully we've all learned something uh feminist Mm -hmm. Uh, marginalized oh really good how about one more from there um and i'm gonna say courageous very nice because again. that was a thing that a lot of people had to be mm-hmm. living there. All right. So there. So that was, there. That was good. That was All good. Right. I've got a, I got a real, real, real hard word that came oh, that, <laughs> that I had to come up with here. Okay. You're just going to laugh at me. Okay. I can't wait. All right. Cat. <laughs> um okay (laughs) aloof oh um that's arched back thing that they do when Mm -hmm. they you know what i mean yeah um slinky 
Mm. Um, hmm. They poop in a box in your house. I mean, oh, I, that's geez. one of the things that I struggled with. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> it makes me more of a dog person, but you know, cats are cool. Um, they're so athletic and graceful. Mm-hmm. Although I've met a cat that is a klutz, mm-hmm. so that's always funny because they <laughs> jump around and then they fail. Um, and my mom's cat is like that. You can, it's like, and you're like, Oh, he just tried to do something. <laughs> um, um, unsuccessfully purring and their eyes, amazing eyes. Mm. Ooh, that ended nicely at least okay, good. <laughs> from the poop in the box. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. It went up from there. Oh, so fun. Didn't see that coming. Did you people? Oh my God. Word association. So oh, that was fun. I like that, that was fun. I think All we'll right. have to do it again. Yeah. I think we should do it again. We should. That was great. Cause I, yeah. Good times. Nobody, everybody loves word association. Okay. So why'd we do that? We did that because we were having a gorgeous walk of intellectual curiosity and inspiration in a nearby reservoir nature mm-hmm. preserve and mm-hmm. we were thinking like what is it that we think we know and maybe know that we don't know and what are all of our curiosities around witches so we just want to sort of go to wherever the curiosity avenue takes us and yeah. i think my guess is that each episode this season will get kind of narrower and narrower as each episode leads mm-hmm. to a sort of more specific kind of a question yeah so um you had a pretty broad question this first time around and you're going to share with us what you found out. Yeah. So I thought it would be useful for me selfishly and hopefully for you and all those listeners curious about what we have to say about this uh, to kind of really do really, really barely scratching the surface, but super broad snapshot of witch origins Mm -hmm. and so I'm kind of calling this overview of witch origins and I don't know if this is nice or not but it seemed to fit not only in the past but in contemporary times good witch bad witch origins Mm -hmm. yes um and I I say that with slight reservation because of the bad witch part because Mm -hmm. of so many reasons but it is a part of the history so I think that that's a a good use of this in this case um so I'm gonna dive in do it and I'm so excited I will try to do this in a good way and not bore you all (laughs) no how could you and uh just want to remind everyone I just learned about this stuff myself and I am giving you a a really incomprehensive look at all these things. (laughs) So if this is something you're interested beyond what we're sharing, you should do your own research. Yes. All right. Yeah. We have, we are the kinds of folks who have like folklore books and resources, but honestly it's the interwebs and a little bit of time and and a little bit of interest. So always libraries. Yes. I love like, sometimes you'll find books there that you will never find anywhere else. That's right. And we'll Well, make sure we cite our sources in our show notes too. Yes. I've got a whole heap of sources for this episode because I didn't want to lose them for future episodes. So I figured, you know what? We're getting them all in here. Anyway. All right. Do it. So the concept of witchcraft, even though it wouldn't have been termed this, is supposedly dating back all the way to the Paleolithic period. Amazing. In the old stone age. So there is archaeological evidence that dates back like 30,000 years ish ago. Amazing. <laughs> and this evidence suggests that the early human hunter gatherers were practicing what we would call witchcraft. Hmm. And this is at least what I had read based mostly on cave paintings of a god and goddess who are 
apparently recognized by contemporary practicing Wiccans. So that was really interesting to me. Um, and I, I think knowing that bit of information really helps set the stage for everything else. Because mm-hmm. without that little bit of pre-knowledge, it's kind of, I don't know. I think it's helpful to like for a foundation stone for everything else. So let me know what you think as we move forward. Sure. No, I think that's good. So witchcraft, like once it was termed that, uh, means kind of, this is a loose translation, apparently the craft of the wise. I don't know the origins of this word though. I didn't look into that. Maybe that's something you will one day tell us more about. I don't know. Um, but anyway, so it was practiced way before any contemporary religions. And there are some who say that maybe this is the first quote unquote religion. Mm -hmm. Um, and those who have practiced it have been called a whole host of names over the years. Some of which you may be familiar with, which Mm -hmm. are shamans, healers, medicine, men or women, and of course, witches. Hmm. Now, the thing that I really think is most important is that in general, people who have and do practice witchcraft, their main goal is to live harmoniously within their community and the natural world. And really, they want to utilize their understanding of nature to help not just themselves be well and successful and good, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but to help others as well. And these people were really seeking to maintain a healthy balance between humans and nature. So Mm. like, that sounds pretty good to me. That sounds sound like good. a really positive, holistic view of a human on the planet. Agreed. <laughs> Strip it away. And like, that's the most basic thing, you know, try to be good, try to survive in the best way possible and know yourself and those around you and the mm-hmm. world around you. So anyway, that was something I had not really understood and I think was really interesting and good. Hmm. Um, all right. So this was really fascinating to me and around 800 ish. There's a lot of ishes, by the way, in my dates, good 800 ish. I like it. <laughs> BCE. Um, the Hebrew Bible, the book of Samuel refers to King Saul seeking the help of a witch. Uh, this witch was the witch of Endor and he was asking her, or he was summoning, asking her to summon the spirit of Samuel, who was a prophet who was dead. Mm. And he felt like Samuel, I don't know the whole story. So, you know, disclaimer there, mm-hmm. but he felt that Samuel was going to be helpful with telling Saul how he could defeat the Philistine army. So it seems according to the story or legend or truth, whatever, however you see it, that this actually came to fruition and the witch of Endor was successful in summoning Samuel, (laughs) all these names Mm -hmm. I'm trying to keep straight. And so Saul won the battle and later on, not right away, but later on, this becomes a problem for Christianity. And I think that's pretty obvious. And we're going to get to that. Um, Mm -hmm. And so in the Christian Bible, they are condemned, but Mm. this passage at this one passage that I could find or that I'm aware of in the Hebrew part of the Bible, you know, this, which is being utilized for help Mm -hmm. and seems to be a positive. Yes. So in Based on what I read, this is a positive case that down the road, you know, yes, try to hide away. Mm-hmm. Also, in 800 ish BCE, which you might know more about this than I do, I'm willing to bet you do. Homer mm-hmm. in the Odyssey describes a witch named, and I'm not, I totally don't know how to say her name, Circe, 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 Circe. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so she is described as a witch and she turns men into pigs. Mm-hmm. I don't know the story at all. So it's true. But then she also <laughs> takes Odysseus as a lover too. So she has sort of a lot of facets as an enchantress, yes. but also a partner yeah. and a, a source of support for him on his long journey. By the way, he's married. I don't know how you feel about that, but <laughs> there is Penelope <laughs> in book one and book 24, just waiting for him to show up. Oh gosh. Um, yeah. But yeah, she's super interesting. I'm going to actually mention her later. So I'm glad that you oh, good. caught okay. her too. Yeah. And I did, I did try to read about her before I included this and she did seem like a very complex character. She was not one-sided in any way. It seems. Yeah. Um, okay. So now we like jump way far ahead because this is just where the stuff took me. Yeah. (laughs) So it it seems like between 800 ish BCE up until the 15th century, I don't know. I'm sure there's stuff going on, but I wasn't finding a ton of stuff that fit into my little overview thing super mm-hmm. easily. So I didn't include it. It's okay. Well, so there you go. Jump into the good part. Oh, oh gosh. Well, this is the bad part. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So between the 15th and 18th centuries, witches and people who are perceived as witches were severely persecuted and Mm -hmm. demonized with great intention and these people almost always did nothing wrong or malicious um and this really was heavily due to here we go the christian church Mm -hmm. attempting to discredit other religions not just this particular one but they were trying to discredit other religions practices and any belief systems that they felt like were in their way and seen as pagan Mm -hmm. Um, and these tended to be nature based and quote unquote, very old practices. Mm -hmm. Um, so other factors, uh, other factors that contributed to this persecution, um, were fear of the unknown people looking for scapegoats to their problems, Mm -hmm. the developing of medical knowledge and the lack thereof. (laughs) Yep. And general superstitions contributed to all of these horrible things that happened to yeah. people who are identified as witches, whether or not they really were. Right. Because there were witches or people who maybe used a different word mm-hmm. that practiced something in that realm. So I'm going to just give a couple examples, just two, and neither of these touch on the Salem witch trials. Okay. <laughs> because I think most people have at least heard of the Salem witch trials. Yes. And also this time of year. Yeah. In our sort of Halloween season of October, there's more than enough to be found on that. And it's commonly um, a topic in schools, even Mm -hmm. this time of year. So people have the opportunity to kind of explore that, but it's really interesting when you hear about other examples. Yes. So I hope this persecutions too. Yeah. And it, it wasn't just happening in Salem, people, this was happening all over. Mm-hmm. All right. So I just have two in examples. our backyard, by the way. There's yeah. And one of those is too. one of these is that. Yeah. So excellent. I mean, not excellent, but I'm excited. To hear well, that. yeah. In the 1400s, the real witch frenzy swept across Europe. And this continued as kind of, we already indicated for like 200 some years. Mm-hmm. And much of this frenzy and fear can be attributed to this book called, I'm going to really mess this up. Malaeus Maleficarum. Pretty good. Malaeus right. Maleficarum. Nice Excellent. job. And this detailed how you could flesh out, identify and destroy a witch. Oh gosh. A manual of hate. It really was. Um, and people, I think I read somewhere that this was the most sold book after the Bible. Wow. Interesting. I think I might be mistaken, but I thought that I had read that. Um, I didn't cite it though. So I don't know. Okay. So other religions, but particularly Catholicism sought new followers at this time. And in doing so, like I kind of already talked about, they were attempting to discredit other belief systems. Mm -hmm. And this, you know, really went after witchcraft and paganism and all that stuff. Okay. So there's one instance. And then in 
1647, and we have dates for these because these were documented. Right. Um, the witch frenzy that was happening in Europe really roots itself here in, well, what we now call the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that time, it was the newly established colonies, and it started here in Connecticut, in Windsor. Mm-hmm. And a woman by the name of Alice Young, she was the first known person who was identified as a, as a witch in the colonies, and she was ultimately executed for being a witch and practicing witchcraft, or at least she was, that's what people accused her of whether or not she was someone practicing. I actually don't know. Right. But that's, what's in the records Um, that we have. Right. So this is the first known record as far as I'm aware um, of this taking root here in the U S and that was in 1647. And then of course we know a whole bunch of horrible stuff happens after that. Yeah. There are quite a lot of witch trial examples right here in Connecticut before Salem really came to a head, which is interesting. Maybe we can explore those too. Yes. I think we will in future episodes for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, So now we are going to be, we are going to take another huge leap into the early 1900s and now it's going to kind of fly. I don't, I don't have too much now. So in the early 1900s, a guy named, Alistair Crowley, and he changed his first name, by the way. I don't remember his given first name. Anyway, he goes by I Alistair Crowley. I think he made Crowley. a really good choice. Yes. And if you, watch any, <laughs> if you watch any kind of- um, I love the name. Uh, supernatural shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this name is probably familiar to you, but okay. they use it in a different way. Anyway, so he wanted to form a new religion of nature-based worship that hmm. pulled from pagan traditions. Yeah. So that's just one little blurb because it sets up some other stuff. Um, yep. And then in the 1920s, a woman by the name of Margaret Murray uh, shares her writings about witches. And this inspires people all around to begin their own covens and uh, worship that is called the witch cult in Western Europe. And this is particularly starting in Britain, I guess. Mm. Um and just a heads up, Margaret Murray was an anthropologist, feminist, Egyptologist, folklorist, and professor. Hmm. So yay for, yay for her early 1900s progressive women. Yeah. But so she does some research, puts yeah, it out so, there, and then people are like, let's bring that back. Yeah. So hmm. it started to gain in popularity and it was definitely not totally accepted by all of course and we'll talk about that in just a second but there are people searching for something else than what they've either been taught or raised with or what's currently available so it's it's finding a resurgence for sure interesting um and then in 1954 this guy named gerald gardner Mm -hmm. founded and named wicca uh-huh. And so that's recent, the 50s. Okay. Yes. And at according to some of the things I read, when he originally founded and named it, Wicca was only spelled with one C. It is now spelled with two C's. Just uh, I thought that was interesting. Um, and anyway, this was his, he published this name in his book called Witchcraft Today. Mm-hmm. And he learned of the word Wicca uh, when he, he was in a coven himself in the 1930s in England. Uh-huh. Um, and he was also influenced by uh, Alistair Crowley. Mr. Crowley. Interesting. Yes. And I do not know if he was influenced by Margaret Murray at all, mm-hmm. uh, but I wouldn't be surprised. I, right. I don't. If he was, I didn't read anything in particular about it. Got it. Um, and so lastly... Between the 1940s to today, witchcraft, witches, Wicca, and the formation of covens that focused that focus on nature-based research, uh, nature-based worship. Oh my gosh, my brain. It's okay. And the commitment to really do no harm to others. This has gained acceptance and lots of followers. I don't know how many people participate. Mm-hmm. Um, however, 
the centuries of demonization, oh my God, mischaracterization and false lies and ideas of witches that still persists. And horrifyingly, I read multiple articles, which I did not read all of them, but there are still people being persecuted in some countries today. Wow. Um, and being killed Wow. or, uh, being accused or accepting that they are witches. And I just, that was kind of mind blowing to me, actually. That was the, probably one of the most surprising things Yeah, is that people are still being persecuted. Although I guess I shouldn't be that surprised when I think about all the other people (laughs) being persecuted for what they believe for all kinds of things. Um, yeah, which is really unfortunate. So anyway, fascinating. Um, huh. that's my ridiculously poor timeline. I love it. <laughs> it doesn't poor. cover Stop being so self-deprecating. <laughs> it just seems so pale. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, you're trying to do so much in just a few minutes, but I think that's such an awesome, like kind of fly over. It's like a 30,000 foot view. Mm-hmm. And I think you set us up well because you also really f- zoomed in on the more modern historical era where we're going to have more research. We're going to have more yeah. documentation and it's going to have, um, it's more proximate. So it's going to influence what we're experiencing today and what we know today too. Yeah. yeah. So I love it. Awesome. So <sighs> good. Good job. Good job. You did it. We're back. Season oh, three. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I just have a little bit to share. You want to hear what I found out? I absolutely want to hear. Okay. So my sort of question going into this beginning phases was, I just was really intrigued by the sort of iconography of witches. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, it's that time of year where you walk by a house and there's like a front door wrap on it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes. and it's got like witchy green and there's a lady on a broomstick with a hat and a cat with an arched back and like a broom. And oh, I, yeah. I said that already and all the things. And so I just was like, where does all that come from though? Mm-hmm. Like it's everywhere. It's like on pencils being handed out at school and it's on candy wrappers and it's on cards and pajama pants. I mean, it's like everywhere. Uh, And so there's just this classic iconic image of the witch. And I just wondered where the heck it came from. I was so curious. So some, I did my own sort of word association, my own sort of witch association. And I was like, what comes to mind? Um, And I was thinking like ugliness, you know, mm-hmm. sort of like a big nose or warts or something like that. Usually I think of her as being older, mm-hmm. and craggy and like a crone sort of a figure. Definitely the broomstick, definitely a pointy hat. Yeah. Definitely black robed. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously the word magic or magical came to mind. Cauldron, mm-hmm. like the sort of big kettle. So there's some sort of potion brewing, witch's brew, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and all of that stuff. So I'm just so curious how we got there. Yeah. Because are you going to tell us? Well, I think we're going to work on it all season. That's I think, I think so right. it's going to happen. Um, <laughs> because the one, the first, which I think of was Circe from the Odyssey. I know ah. there are earlier examples, but she's my first and she's like this gorgeous enchantress mm-hmm. and she's I don't know what she's wearing. If she's wearing anything, she might be deliciously in the nude. She's threatening. Yes. Which is much of as we're, as I think has already been hinted at. And I'm sure people can already surmise if they don't already know about this, but much of why women in particular were condemned of being witches was because they in some way or another stood out in a way that yep. maybe went against the grain in their time Yep, for whatever reason or yep. in whatever way. So yep. the yeah, it was of it all. strong and powerful mm-hmm. and, you know, went against what she was supposed to be. Um, right. Then, yeah, she was probably an ultimate witch. Right. And also if she was able to uh, make Odysseus, the great hero, right. The great wily smart guy. So he has all the sort of <laughs> athletic prowess of being a Trojan war era, Greek hero. 
and semi-divine to boot. But then like, if she's able to control him in any way mm-hmm. as an enchantress, then he must be under a spell, which means she must be using magic. So it's not of actually course. her own mm-hmm. female empowerment. It's the patriarchy saying you are must be using some special power You're because otherwise I wouldn't someone. be feeling this way or doing this or yeah. be, yeah. be, you know, convinced by you or persuaded by you or what have you. Oh, crazy. So, just think, okay. I just, we just have to talk about this for at least a minute. Yeah. Think about that and how far back in time that goes. I know. Concept of that. Yep. And whether or not it continued to go before that time in a concrete way, just the thought of that and how long, I mean, I'm going to get on a little high horse here, but how ingrained in women or anyone who has not been allowed to be seen or heard or be themselves because they didn't fit into what someone else wanted them. And if that's so rooted into your, I don't know, the deepest parts of you, like Mm -hmm. we're still, and I'm not speaking just for women. I think this is true for many people fighting against that. Yeah. I mean, the the misogyny (laughs) and the patriarchy and also this, I think when, when we dig into this topic, I think we're going to see a lot of examples of racism too. Yeah, for sure. So it's just, it's amazing how quickly it is in human nature to grasp back power, authority, influence, and money at the, you know, the very thought that someone could be wresting it from you Mm. creates this knee-jerk reaction to, to grasp it back, um, by means that are, I don't know. That's interesting. I I just don't know why we can't all just get along. I'll just get along. I know we're here at the ripple and the frog show. Sorry. That's what I really want. That's what we really want. I just want to hold hands and skip across a beautiful flowery field. That's right. That's right. And climb trees. Yes. And be one with nature and respect nature and benefit from nature symbiotically. Oh my goodness. I mean, it's a beautiful concept. I know. (laughs) Someday. So I am just going to share a couple of things. So I think I want to just introduce a certain author that I really enjoy. Her name is Madeline Mm -hmm. Miller. I put a little mm-hmm. link in here in our show notes. She is a classical scholar that I admire very much. I think she's awesome because she's a woman, because she's young, and she's a classical scholar who's very published. Mm. And she publishes um, historical fiction. Oh, and cool. her first breakthrough book was called Song of Achilles, which was a whole other look at the journey of Achilles. It was like a retelling of the Iliad, which is the story of Achilles mm-hmm. um, in the Trojan War. And her more recent book is Circe, which I... I can't say I've read, but I have a copy of it on my, if you want to read it first, Noelle, it's in my bookshelf right now. No, I've got like three other books. One of which I'm almost done with. I got to get through those, but I'll bug you when I'm done with those. Okay. (laughs) Awesome. Um, and so both of them are just really critically acclaimed and I love that it comes from the, the creative mind of a true classicist. So she knows her stuff, you know? know? Um, and more importantly, I'd like to point everyone to an article, which we will link to, which I am really bummed that I missed this article because it is not new. Um, it is probably 2018. Okay. It is an article by Madeline Miller, um, called from Circe to Clinton, why powerful women are cast as witches. Oh, interesting. And it is a really excellent scholarly, but also like for the lay person, this was in the, um, was it in the Washington post or the guardian? I don't know. It was for the lay reader, um, about a kind of a survey of examples of women who have been villainized Mm -hmm. as witches for whatevs. Uh, and it talks about the Australian prime minister and the British prime minister and Hillary Clinton Mm. and any other woman who ever had a thought, um, or had a means by which to exercise a little bit of power Mm. or a little bit Mm -hmm. of authority or influence. It's a great article covers everybody from like Anne Boleyn to Cleopatra. I think you'll find it interesting. Oh my gosh. Um, it is the guardian by the way. 
it's the guardian. Okay. And, but it does such a nice job of explaining like the sussing out, like the, the finding and the digging up and the identifying and the revealing someone to be a witch and then the quickly persecuting that person. It really clearly aligns how that's just because that person is a person of some sort of inconvenient truth, whether that be medical mm-hmm. or like midwifery mm-hmm. <laughs> or mm-hmm. um, something about your power and authority that's attached to religion that you're not liking or something that only women can do. And so that's just super bumming you out because that's just the way the world is. And so we are the ones that bear children. And so that's a thing you don't have control over or whatever, or whatever. <laughs> so it's so interesting how scapegoating and, and witchcraft and witches are so closely aligned. Uh, but the root of it is always some woman being brave enough to assert some kind of inconvenient truth or to practice despite, to practice something sensible, scientific, mm-hmm. helpful, community-minded, nature-respecting or whatever, Yeah. Um, despite other societal norms and then that being an inconvenient truth for whatever reason. So- I will have, I think you should like read that and chomp on that and I'll, and yes, I'll drive. I definitely I think. will read that. It, it looks like a juicy article. It's a great little it's article. Not short. <laughs> no, but it's a great one. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I thought I would go ahead and just give you one icon. I did go ahead and one of them is very easy. So I thought I would solve one before we go today. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, which is why is the witch ugly? Yes. Please um, tell. Because Cersei is like smoking hot, obviously. So what <laughs> happened? um why is a witch ugly because it's very possible that a witch could have been or someone perceived as practicing witchcraft could have been a woman of a certain age living Mm -hmm. a long life possibly widowed Mm -hmm. possibly children have died possibly childless who is looking to earn a living Mm. so she's past her marrying and childbearing years Mm -hmm. trying to function in a society that wants nothing to do with her because she is useless because as a woman, Mm -hmm. if you're past your marrying or childbearing age years, you're now officially useless. So how does this woman participate in a meaningful way in society to earn herself some income? It Mm -hmm. could be through midwifery, through um, herbs and other things that were healing arts, which are totally legit. And half of our drugs these days are actual chemical compounds trying to imitate what plants do anyway. Um, (laughs) And like, so she was practicing medicine or the healing arts, or she was offering things that could be helpful for uh, you name it, right? Like Mm -hmm. use this, um, burn this in your house for the aromas to help for the common cold for your baby in the winter, whatever she She was helping you, but she was trying to participate meaningfully in society Mm -hmm. and earn an income because she's living to a life of societal uselessness, but needing to earn an income. So this idea of like the haggy crooked crone, who's like coming at you, offering you things. Yeah. Um, I, that icon I think is pretty based on just the economy of women and their usefulness in the economy and how, Mm -hmm. if a woman is alone and living to an old age and most of the history of the world's economy, she got to come up with something. Yeah. Yeah. And this kind of thing might be something she'd be coming up with and women. That's why she's ugly. Leave her alone, man. She's old (laughs) and those plants are going to help you. And maybe she's actually beautiful and you're just not looking. That's right. Fairly or that's right. With kindness. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Put another spin on it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I don't know why she's green. I haven't figured that out yet. We're going to look into that. That that might just be the movies. (laughs) That might just be the movies. I don't know, but it is fun. It is fun. Well, this is juicy. I think we're off to a great start. Yeah, I think, this is gonna I be think great. so. I think yeah. I'm excited. I think yeah. it's a interesting way to approach our. So fun. I know exactly uh, where format. I'm going next. I'm totally Ooh, good for totally you. Go- I have no idea. Oh, I, I, you want me to give a teaser? <laughs> if you would like to. I'm totally going after the hat. I, All right. Good. Hat? I got to find that out. All right. I'll, you better bring some solid evidence for us. I will try. I'm expecting it. I will try. Okay. And are you proud of me? I, while you were witching history of witches, <laughs> I was stitching. Did you get a whole row down? Or well, I had like this little stocking net area. I was like, I'm going to do this. This is great. Yes. Stitching. Excellent. Witch. So fun. Love it. Love it. 
<laughs> All right. Well, we better get out there and do our research for next time. Yes. Which is super exciting. So look for us on Instagram, follow us at rumble in the frog, check us out at rumblethefrog.com. Is that what it is? Yeah, it is that. <laughs> I haven't thought about this in so long. <laughs> um, check out our show notes. Noelle, I'm oh. going to ask you to remember to put those two um, Amigurumi book collections in our show notes. If you okay. think of it, it looks like we've got a good little um, books to check out section maybe in our show notes oh, this time, yeah. which is cool. And it was so great being back. If you're back listening to us uh, still at this point in the episode and came back period, we're so grateful. Thank you so much. Yes. And to anyone who's a new listener, Thanks for joining us for the first time. Awesome. (laughs) Well, it's so long for now as it's time for us to return to the woods to forage some more. We'll be back soon with more stories and stitching. Until we meet again. Happy Happy stitching. stitching.